0: Hello, I'm Emmanuel, and for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with self-development, growth, and living life large. I believe there is a life waiting for you that is greater than your wildest dreams, and this podcast is here to empower you to go after it. From self-development to life, confidence, wellness, mountaintop moments, the messy middle that is often hidden behind the scenes, and so much more. This podcast is here to be your cheerleader and your toolkit as you step off the sidelines and grasp your life with both hands. Is it time to live a life you love? Well, my friend, pull up a seat because this is the Dare to Thrive podcast. Hello and welcome to the Dare to Thrive Podcast. I can't believe we're diving into episode one. If you listened to the episode before, you're probably thinking, "But you already did an episode one." But I don't really view that as the first ep because that was a little intro to everything for you. Today, we are diving a hell of a lot deeper. And I wasn't really sure how I wanted to kick the podcast off, and I just kind of kept coming back to the fact that if I'm going to be the one in your ears, you probably want to learn a little bit more about me and know who is speaking to you every week. So we're going to start there. We're going to dive into me a hell of a lot deeper than we have beforehand. And I'm going to share a little bit of my story with you. And obviously, I could have done this myself. I am perfectly capable of telling you my story, but i thought it would be a lot more interesting for you to listen to if someone else was asking the questions and diving into what you would want to know and maybe just probing me to share a little bit deeper as well so i have my friend abby here with me today which is very exciting and the cool part about abs doing this is that we know each other in a variety of ways so first and foremost obviously we are friends but We have known each other for a number of years in a number of different spaces. We have also worked together. So Abby has been a coach and mentor for me at different periods in different ways over the last few years. So she's really someone who has a great perspective and has had a front row seat at not only my own personal evolution, but the evolution of everything that Salt and Whistle is, everything that I have done behind the scenes and has a deep dive on a lot of the stuff that I navigated personally just because she's known me so well for such a long time. So she felt like the perfect person to interview me today. So Abs, do you want to start with your own intro so people get a bit of an idea of who you are and who is speaking to them in the mic? Hello, I
1: would absolutely love to. As you were speaking then about the seasons of life we have gone through and known each other, it's wild just to actually think how long we have known each other for from like the gym through coaching, everything. But for listeners, my name is Abby. I am. I'm a mum. I'm very multifaceted in what I do. I'm a business and mindset coach. I'm also extremely, extremely passionate about holistic health and wellness and really just living living up to our full potential. And along the way, that is how me and M have connected and obviously just in that little essence how much we share in common and a lot of our beliefs that we um both really agree on and are on a mission in for life. So I'm so happy to be here.
0: That's amazing. Now, so you guys have a little bit of context before we dive into, I don't know most of what Abby's going to ask me. So full disclosure, I am a little bit nervous because I said nothing was off limits. So we'll see how we go, but I don't have much prep because I don't know what's coming. So I hand it over to you and we'll go from there.
1: All right, let's do it. I have tried to make sure that we are really Pulling out the colours that you guys have probably never seen before. So let's see how we go. So first um let's just kind of start off with how would you describe yourself?
0: Big question. Uh I would say I am pretty multifaceted, fairly easygoing, pretty much generally in a good mood. Uh, always up for an adventure, I love being outside, love being at the beach pretty much every day, I really value my relationships with family and friends, really value my health and I guess as a general description, I am pretty coordinated but clumsy would be a big part of my personality so I can play sport and do all of those kind of things but also trip over nothing on the ground, just kind of really... I would say grasp life with both hands. If I was describing that, I'm always trying to find more I can do in another level. I am pretty balanced, but also pretty hard on myself at the same time. I think I've got high expectations for what I want out of life and what I think we all can have out of life. And that's sort of what I live by and do everything by, but have a lot of fun and, and sort of present at the same time, which is kind of. A paradox in itself but I think that sort of summarizes me pretty well
1: I love I think that is a perfect picture on the other lens of that how would you say that the people closest to you maybe your family and your closest friends the people that have known you for a long time what is one thing that you would think most of them would say or even one word that they would describe you
0: Ooh, hard. I went in two different directions. So I'm going to be cheeky and do both. I would say one facet would be generous and loyal. I feel like even though I am someone who juggles 5,000 different things, I do really make a lot of time and space for my friends and my relationships. And I am kind of just naturally the sort of person who remembers dates and things that people have going on. And really make an effort to check in and stay up to date with that kind of stuff. You can disagree with me when we're done if you like, my <laughs> friends do. Um, but then I guess the other side of that would be I'm pretty ambitious. And I think a lot of people that have a front seat to my life and what I do, there's always 5,000 things on the go. And I am someone who kind of always finds another gear. So, I do get stressed, I do get overwhelmed, I do have a lot on my plate, I'm human in that sense, but it sort of doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a hard thing, a stressful thing, a lot of different things that I'm juggling, I think I'm really good at, you know, I feel the stuff and like anyone does, have that moment, but I will always find another gear and kind of go again.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that and I feel like from my perspective I honestly thought you were going to say clumsy in there somewhere but we'll get (laughs) it but I absolutely agree with like the part of you're doing so much but it is so intentional at the same time it's not like you're just randomly jumping all over the place like what you are creating and you know really we'll talk about values in a second but what you are really choosing in your life I feel like is such a great representation of the direction that you're going and continually like committing to that regardless of what's going on around you.
0: Yeah, true.
1: So what would you say your top three values are then in life?
0: Self-development is pretty high for me. I feel like everything filters into that. So that would be a big one. If I was choosing another one, I also, I don't feel like I share so much of this online, but health is a huge one for me. I think that would be a top three. And then probably if we're making really big categories, I would say family and friends and relationships if I was picking the top three. Yeah,
1: cool. I love that. Okay, what is your star sign? sign?
0: I am an Aquarius, which I always relate a lot to, but I also am not someone. I really relate to my horoscope and I read it, but I don't know what they all stand for. So I'm also not someone who can say, oh, I'm such an Aquarius or that person is such a Gemini or whatever I don't really have that level of understanding I love reading mine and I have oh, I always forget there's you know how you have the sun the moon
1: yes do you know rising
0: your uh I'm double Aquarius and then something else so I'm quite a strong Aquarius even this is really poor if you're actually into horoscopes when you have the actual breakdown I have a lot of Aquarius like I think probably four or five of them are Aquarius. Mm, that's
1: cool. What well, uh, are because I'm i also the same. I know my horoscopes and my stuff, but I don't know other people. What are like the key themes or the key things that you really, really
0: align with, with your star sign that you feel like, yep, that's me? I think it is kind of multifaceted and generally Aquarius are quite ambitious and I think potentially also quite people-oriented. So from memory, you sort of forge your own path and... Are good with people and relationships along the way, but like big vision, dreamer, doer sort of vibes. I think if yeah. someone knows horoscopes and they're listening to that, they could be completely wrong. But I think that's the summary of it. Well, that that
1: matches perfectly for where we're at. So let's run with that. And let's also ask, <laughs> what is your human design? Do you know much about your human design? I know it's like a recent kind of place in your mind. Um, give us the lowdown. Yes.
0: Yeah, so I think I only did this two or three months ago. So it's very new to me in terms of having a general, you've probably got more of an understanding than me. So I'll just say it and you might be able to help me out. But I'm a manifesting generator. I'm a three, five profile. But basically that part I also related to because it's really someone who sort of learns through trial and error in life and their experiences. So you learn and grow through what happens to you. And I think the end outcome of that It's also helping others through your experiences and what you've learned and how you've grown, which is kind of ironic because I think that's pretty much what I do. And I definitely am someone who really tries to learn from what's happening in my life and take as many lessons from that as I can. So I really related to that. And ironically, the shadow side of that is not learning from your experiences and I guess taking what you should from them and what they say If you're looking at that aspect of it, is that you can be quite clumsy. So I also feel like that's me. And I am constantly spilling coffee and tripping over things and all of that. And a lot of people find that confusing because you'd think you'd learn from beforehand. But I don't in that arena. I still stack, you know, three coffee cups and try and open a door and hold two bags at the same time. And then I'm not shocked that I spilt it. But I definitely related to both aspects of that, so that felt quite accurate for me. But Mm. I don't know much more in depth than that as a summary.
1: I feel like that's a good summary. And I think it's really cool, like, with whether it's human design, star signs, any of these kind of charts, like, I personally believe like it's important not to like grab onto them so tightly that you feel like it's your whole identity. But like you said, you know, take what you can learn from it. And I think at the end of the day, it's just a really great opportunity for you to come back to yourself again and again and again. And obviously you don't want to learn a lesson about spilling coffee every day and maybe you don't need to.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's funny because it's such a big part of, my personality and I think it actually bothers other people more than it bothers me and people say to me you know do you just not pay attention are you just like not assessing risks is that how it happens and I don't even really think that's the case I think part of it maybe I'm too optimistic and I think that it will be fine but I also just don't think I care that much I'm not someone who's going to cry over the fact that I've got coffee on my shirt and I've been injured that many times I don't let that impact my life either so I think when it comes to sort of weighing risk and reward if there's something I want to do that always appeals to me more than being cautious in how I do it and that ends up with me spilling a lot of coffee and being quite injury prone but it must just be subconsciously how I operate.
1: 100% we love that we love that okay random but what animal do you feel like you're close to or like you symbolize?
0: I don't know if I symbolize it, but if I was going for like the one I most am excited by, it would definitely be a dolphin, which I just think is tied. I was obsessed with them when I was a kid. Don't know why. Don't know where it came from. Uh, I actually wanted to be a marine biologist, which I think is so weird because I'm not talking about someone that's, you know, 13 and can research things. I was probably about seven or eight. And I don't even know how a seven or eight year old knows what that is, but there's just something about them. I don't know whether it comes from being obsessed with them when I was a kid, quite grounding. Mm-hmm. Anytime I see them in the ocean, it's a good day. But other true. than that, I don't know personality wise. I also really love golden retrievers. So if I was picking something, I feel like that kind of suits my personality a little bit more, yeah. but attachment wise would be the dolphin one of the do, two I can
1: see both when you said golden retriever i felt like you know just that like warm hug and the friend that's always there that's the vibe that that gives me but also when you said dolphin i was like yes and little fun fact dolphins actually are hypersensitive to when a woman is in labor or anyone's in labor and they send like healing sonar waves through the ocean to help with pain so
0: That's cool. Really? That's wild. They're cool animals.
1: Exactly. And last kind of question about you before we get into more of the juice behind your story. Do you know your love language?
0: I am very unsurprisingly words of affirmation, which I don't think is shocking if anyone follows me on Instagram.
1: Would you say that is also how you like to show your love through words as well? Obviously through your account, amazing.
0: But like in like your close relationships, would you say that's, your predominant like giving love it's hard because i think if you're someone who's hyper aware of things you can find facets where you are each of them i can think of situations obviously we're all comprised of all of them but a little bit of that and then probably a little bit of acts of service as well
1: yeah cool cool i love okay let's get into your story and tell everyone a little bit more about how you come to where you are so i guess Maybe give us a little bit of a timeline, um, kind of like a summary to your journey from, I guess, when things really started for you. And I know when you had the three or so hundred followers to where you are now. And then I've got a whole list of questions to dive deeper. So kind of summary, timeline about your story.
0: I will try and get this right i feel like the thing that people might be surprised by is i'm actually like a little bit hazy on specific times because i just really wasn't expecting it to be what it is so it's not something i was documenting too much at the time but i've had a well the instagram account of sorts since i think around 2016 if i was guessing i'm not 100 confident on that but 2016 2017 in there somewhere. Coming up, you know, six, seven years at this point, which a lot of people are probably surprised by. I genuinely have no idea why I created it, which sounds really funny, but I don't remember doing it. I don't know where it came from. Uh, as a bit of a backstory to that, I was never really into creative writing or did anything similar to what I do now. I've always been quite good at English at school. I did a business degree at uni and always found essays and that sort of thing quite easy. So I've always been able to write, but it was more in a informational, like the English I opted for at school was more your book reviews, Shakespeare, poetry, that really like studious kind of English. Uh, And ironically, at the time, there was also a creative writing option that you could pick in my final year of school. And I thought I absolutely cannot do that because I cannot creative write it for shit, which is so funny now. But that's kind of a backstory to that. So I don't really know what triggered me suddenly writing things. But basically, I initially had an actual blog, which was a website. Uh, and when I did that, it was originally called This Crazy Life. I just posted bits and pieces on Instagram was never super consistent with it a few years into that I changed the name to scripted salt and then it was like that for a couple of years again I was pretty periodic I would randomly post things for a little while then I'd do nothing I didn't really have much of a idea of where I thought it would go I was constantly playing around with different fonts different colors different ways of doing things I would do it regularly for a couple of weeks or a month and then I'd do nothing for five or six months there was no consistency to it and at that period which I'm sure we'll probably circle back to I don't know that anyone knew that I did it at all in terms of who I knew the whole way through that there might have been five people but it really wasn't something that I spoke about it was something I just randomly did and then I probably started doing it properly around the end of 2020. Uh, And when I decided I was going to take it a little bit more seriously in terms of consistency, I changed the name again, which is when it became Salt and Whistle. So that was about two years ago now. And yeah, then it's kind of just been something I've been doing consistently since then, which kind of takes us to now we're doing an overview timeline.
1: Because I remember when, obviously, I knew you initially when I was coaching at the gym that you were training at and then we did, we worked together after that in, I remember, end of 2020 and you you followed me on Salt and Whistle and I had no idea that it was you and then I think one day you just slipped it in there and I was like, wait, what? At From that moment, because at that moment I specifically remember you just had like a few hundred followers, what was the mm-hmm. point that you decided I'm doing this properly like what what was the shift was there a shift was there anything that you kind of decided to you know not fluffing around five weeks between posting and actually just go for it
0: yeah I think if I was tying that back to a moment it would be changing the name there was a lot of intentionality behind that uh even the name and kind of how vague it is i mean we can touch on where that came from as well but how vague it is as a name was very intentional because i think when i made the decision to be consistent and take it seriously i also was hyper aware that i had no idea where it would go i didn't really have a plan for what it would be and i wanted something that gave me a lot of scope that i could do something completely different in five years time and i wouldn't be limited by the name being tied to it just being writing so scripted salt was very much i was still doing quotes and that sort of thing albeit not that consistently, but it was very much words and I didn't want to be pigeonholed to forever being defined by that. So the name change was very intentional from that perspective and I think that's where, if I'm tying it back to a decision-making moment, I would say that's where it was and I don't really think from the time that I changed the name and started posting again, which I don't have the exacts but it would have been around October, November of 2020, I don't think I've really looked back since I definitely didn't think it would be where it's at now but if I was picking a moment where I sort of made that decision and went for it I would say that would be around when it was
1: yeah amazing and at that moment because you mentioned like a lot of your family and friends didn't really know that you even were doing this kind of thing did you then decide to tell people that this is what you're doing or was it more like the humble do it behind the scenes and then it just blew up
0: Uh, Probably a little bit of both. I can't remember specifically what the timeline was like. I think in tandem with making the decision, I made the decision that I wasn't going to hide it anymore because I think I was hyper aware prior to that. Obviously, that's a confidence thing in the sense anything you're doing behind the scenes and you don't want anyone to know what you're doing is a fear of judgment and imposter syndrome and all of those things. And I think I had just gotten to the point which came off the back of other things in my personal life. I was done with letting other things sort of define what I was doing and other people's opinions stop me from something that I felt pulled towards. And I think once I made that choice, it was probably quite slow and I was probably initially a bit selective about who knew about it, but it was sort of drip fed. So people would have found out bit by bit And then I would say uh, by the beginning of 2021, it was pretty commonly known. I'm sure there's some people that I know that still don't really know that I do it because while I am so public and open about it, and obviously there's a lot of people on my account, it's very easy for people to find. It's also not something that I put on my personal account because it's just not relevant to those people, but it has progressively become something that I've become more and more confident to talk about. So. There's a whole journey of sorts with that as well. Obviously, I made that choice then and then slowly drip fed that and a lot of people would have known by the start of 2021. But in saying that and being completely transparent, it's probably only something I have been confident enough to actually talk about in real life in the last 12 months. So prior to that, while I would have been open about it and a lot of people would have known about it, it still wasn't something that I said, oh, I do XYZ. I just didn't talk about it. So there was that final piece of the puzzle where now i don't care who it is and i don't care where i am i could be at a coffee or bump into a friend or at something where there's friends of friends if someone asks me what i'm doing i'm very vocal about that now but that final shift and piece of the puzzle has probably only really changed in the last year
1: that's so cool and i think that's such an important thing to note like how things can look online we can be still navigating and growing behind the scenes with that, what would you say, like, along the journey, obviously the fear of judgment, but what were you kind of internally processing? Were you afraid that people were going to think a certain thing about you? Was there anything clear that you were aware of that you were fearing or, or holding yourself back from?
0: There's two things that pop instantly to mind when you ask that question. The first is obviously fear of judgment and fear of what people would say. And I think I've learnt on that, People don't care anywhere as much as you think they do. And even if they're going to say something, first of all, you don't know whether they're saying anything anyway. So even in the last six months, I've really landed in the fact. I think I had this story that I'd made up in my head, which I think a lot of people do, where we're told people are going to talk about you behind your back and they're going to say X, Y, Z. You've got no evidence of the fact that they're doing that. But also, that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Sure, some people might have done that. Sure, some people may have not. I will never know. But... I don't think it was as much of a big deal to everyone else as I thought it was going to be and made up in my head. So that would be the first part of that. And then the second thing would be, I think a lot of it, A, there was a confidence issue with me, which was something that I needed to change. I don't think I was really that in tune with myself and what I wanted and a lot of what I did or do, and especially in those first year, year and a half, two years, when you're writing stuff that comes from you there's a certain level of vulnerability that comes with that and there's a certain level of confidence that has to accompany it for you to put that kind of thing out and not care that everyone's reading it and i think there was a period where i knew where things came from and i don't say that in the sense that a lot of what i write you know you might read it i'm not having a personal crisis every time i write something but I think I thought people would judge what I was writing and make these assumptions about what was going on in my life or in my head more than I think they do, because everything came from me. So that was part of it. But I think also internally, I was equally as scared of it failing as I was of it not failing and working. Both were huge unknowns. I think when you haven't tried something, you don't have to see whether it works or not. So you don't have to kind of face the fact that you might fall flat on your face and you fail and then you got to go again. But you also don't have to deal with how much everything changes if it works. So I think that was a huge piece for me as well.
1: Mm, I love that. And I think there's so many lessons um, out there. So pause and please, guys, re-listen to that last couple of minutes. That was so good. Also, the name, why Salt and Whistle? What does it mean? Is there a story? Mm. Tell us.
0: Do you even know this?
1: I I, honestly guys sorry this is gonna be bad but you've told me before but I've forgotten so selfishly I'm asking as well but for you guys please tell us
0: (laughs) no that's okay I was gonna say if you do know you're probably only one of two or three people because ironically it's not something that anyone asks which I find so interesting because it is not an obvious name which as I said before was very intentional for me but basically as I said I didn't want to be pigeonholed by it being writing specific so that was part of changing the name and sort of re-brainstorming and it was honestly if anyone's ever had to come up with a name for something you really just miss smashing words going on tangents seeing what you can sort of put together and what you like Uh, and that's sort of the process that I was going through at the time I was already writing stuff so I already sort of knew it was in a motivation sphere as I said the name before was scripted salt I'm very big beach person so the salt part kind of just continued from what I had and that's where that came from which is a huge part of my personality Uh, but the whistle part again as I said in you it was very motivational inspirational sort of vibe I was kind of just throwing down words that were to do with that sphere and basically where the whistle came from Uh, When I was younger, particularly if my stepdad was at sport or anything like that, he would always whistle really loudly. So it was just something that came from that and sort of, you know, motivating people. That's what he does and threw the two together and really liked how it sounded. So that's sort of where that came from. I don't actually think he even knows that's where it came from, but that's the origin of the word.
1: That's so cool. You'll have to tell him. Question about writing. You mentioned that writing hasn't always been your thing and like, yeah, you're good at it during school, etc. Was this did this start out to be somewhat of a personal outlet for you, a place for you to express yourself, or did you have the hopes that this would turn into something bigger eventually?
0: Um, I mean I can't really remember what my intention was, but I would say probably more of it being for me, I don't think I've ever written anything even now when there is a lot more eyeballs on what I'm doing. I never write anything with the intention of what does someone else want to hear. I really just trust sort of what comes out for me. And I think, on that, obviously that's what makes it personal, but it's also been so eye opening in the sense that if I'm writing for myself and just writing what comes to me and not overthinking that, and so many people resonate with that. It just shows you how much of a collective experience we have. I think we all think we're on our own and we've got different emotions or thoughts or things that we're struggling with. And I think the amount of people that resonate with something I write, which I'm writing just because it came to me shows how many other people have the same experiences as us even though we think that we're alone in them you can't have this many people that resonate with a set of words if we don't all have the same thoughts and emotions and experiences to some degree so that's been a huge learning curve for me throughout the whole thing as well
1: yeah I love that and with that it kind of sparks a question that is so off my list of questions for you but (laughs) would you say there's a underlying reason that you continue to do what you do is it for human connection like is there like a bigger
0: picture that you're creating here with the writing specifically yeah
1: with the writing with your Instagram account
0: I don't know there's probably a few different ways I could speak to that I think it's really hard for if people aren't on an online space in some capacity it's hard to understand this but it is really difficult when you've got you know either it could be 15 people or it could be three hundred thousand people i don't think people realize how much you don't actually get feedback on what you're doing so while i know that people you know resonate and get help or inspiration or feel better or whatever it is from what i write i don't actually get much p- feedback from that so you get bits and pieces here and there but to be honest I don't really like focusing on stats and I don't look at them that much. But if you took the statistics away where you can see that people resonate with something because I can see that people are sharing it or liking it or commenting on it, I would genuinely have no idea whether what I was doing was resonating, worthwhile, or making any kind of impact. So I think that part of it makes it hard to be like, yes, I'm doing it for impact, for inspiration, whatever. But the small percentage of feedback that I do get And the small, I guess, percentage of feedback that I have access to from the statistics probably drives a lot of that. But then I think also this is a bit more on a personal, almost spiritual lens, I suppose. I've never really answered this question, but I think there's part of it deep down for me. It's something that despite what I said earlier about not being good at it or not doing it beforehand, it comes so naturally to me that I feel like. I'm not in alignment with what I should be doing if I don't do it because how can you ignore something that comes that naturally and that effortlessly and resonates with people? And I'm not sounding – I'm trying not to sound like I'm, you know, putting tickets on myself but, like, when it comes out that easily and aligns with people, I kind of just feel like it would be wrong in a way if I didn't – you know, it's hard enough. I spent a really long time. I couldn't find anything that – I liked or I wanted to do or resonated with me. And when, you know, on some days it seems very pointless cause I don't have that feedback and I don't know what it's doing, but a lot of the stuff that I write to be perfectly transparent, I probably do in under two minutes. And I don't second guess it, it comes out. And I think it's very hard to stop doing something that comes that easily to you because I just think from a more spiritual perspective, there has to be a reason as to why I can do that, that easily.
1: I love that answer and I'm so glad that question came through because I think like in our society we're kind of somewhat led away from things that come so natural and so easy to us and for you to just like grab that with two hands and continue to run with it regardless of the external validation or people telling you you're doing the right thing etc cetera, etc cetera, is so important and not enough people do that so as a friend, I just want to celebrate you for doing that, but for other people to hear that, how how cool and how much guts that does take sometimes, like it's it's an important message that in itself.
0: Thank you. I think it's easy not to do it because we think we have to work for everything and I'm not saying, obviously, I work really hard in other ways, but I think we're taught everything should be really hard and everything should be a struggle and when you have something that comes naturally to you, you kind of almost think this is not it because you're not working so hard for it
1: yeah, yeah. and I think that's like a um, societal core belief that and I spoke about this before on, on my social media but like the more we struggle the more worthy of success we are which is a super backwards belief because then we just create more work for ourselves, we just overcomplicate things even more and like we miss out on the things that are our natural talents and gifts that we're just meant to do and obviously through you doing that is having such an impact okay so obviously you mentioned that the naming behind salt and lisa wasn't just to keep you pinched hold into writing and i i know that you do more than just writing but tell us more about project U because i know that is such a beautiful representation of your journey and bringing people along with that so
0: give us the lowdown on project U and why you created that too really wasn't expecting this question. So you really tested me here. It's like my signature program. Uh, and basically, I guess where that came from, if I'm talking about it in a personal lens, I kind of touched on this before, but I think people would look at me now, even in this conversation or the fact that, you know, I've got a podcast. So you look at the Instagram or you look at me showing up on a story or a post or just generally my life that I live. And it's really easy to assume you've kind of always been that way. You've always had that confidence. You've always been the kind of person who was able to do things and I think it's just so not true for me and a lot of people even in my life I don't know if they would understand this because I think from an external perspective I'm an extroverted person I've always been able to make friends I seemingly always look like I kind of know what I'm doing but I guess internally which ties back into even the page being a secret and that sort of thing I don't really feel like There's one lens where you say, I don't feel like I had that much confidence or I guess I had a lot of self-doubt and there's that piece to it. But also I was someone who has always you know, read the books and listened to the podcast and been exposed to all of these things. But I sort of found myself in a situation where I knew what I should do and I knew what I wanted to do, but I couldn't really make myself do it. So you have all the knowledge of what you want your life to be and you're someone at least for me. I had this kind of pull and I've always had this ambition, but I found myself really I don't really feel like I knew myself very well even in my early 20s. If you asked me what are your hobbies, I would have really struggled to answer that question. I didn't really know how to be on my own. I wouldn't really spend time by myself, wouldn't spend a day alone just kind of kept busy. And I guess I didn't really know what I enjoyed. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So externally, it probably looked fine. You know, I had a job. I went to uni. I had friends and all that kind of thing. But I guess internally, I knew that I wanted to do more and that there was more out there for me and I just couldn't really seem to make myself move. And over the culmination of probably three, four, five years, I learned how to build the relationship with myself and put myself first and have the confidence to kind of show up for my life wholeheartedly and do what I do now. And a big part of that was learning to push myself out of my comfort zone and do that in a different way. I obviously touch on this in depth in the course, but I think we're sold this narrative that you need to set your entire life on fire in order to do that. And I just totally don't believe that's the case. It's unsustainable. It makes people avoid it. It makes people not do it. And then they don't reap the benefits of doing it. And there's so many different ways of doing that. So that's a huge part of it. But basically it is a program where I teach people who are like me and like I was before, who know that they're meant for something more, or maybe just don't feel hundred percent like themselves or don't feel like they know themselves or want the confidence to go after their goals or want to be able to cheerlead themselves to go after them instead of having this crazy self-doubt. A lot of people want to know how to step out of their comfort zone. That's a huge part of it, but it's basically changing all of these things and focusing on that fundamental relationship with yourself. And I don't even really like explaining it that way because I think until people understand how important that is, that doesn't sound glamorous to them, but it has fundamentally changed my life. It is everything that I have learned, which has taken me from the kind of person who knew they wanted to do something more but had no idea who they were and how to do it uh, and wasn't taking action on anything to kind of who I am and how I show up now. Uh, and, yeah, it's just super actionable and, yeah, simple, I think would be the biggest thing. I think everyone else overcomplicates everything and I've just learned how to pair it back and make it something that you can actually implement and see change in, in your life.
1: I love that. I feel like that is a perfect kind of picture of it all. Um, I guess from from you speaking, then, that kind of highlights I'll also plug Project U. Go check it out. But secondly, <laughs> how much of an internal game this all is, like the growth, the success, the relationships, the health, like literally everything externally that we want, how much of an internal game it is two parts to this question. One, what has the support looked like along this journey for you? Answer that, and then I'm going to ask the second question.
0: <laughs> um, it's funny because I have not an in- instant answer to that, but I also want to preface this by saying, like, I love my family. I've got great friends. But if I'm answering that, a lot of this process, to be perfectly honest, has been an individual journey for me. And I think we want to, to wait until someone else is going to support us in doing that. And that's the total opposite of my experience. I feel like I'd almost be doing a disservice to say, you know, I had these supports. Obviously I've had you as a support throughout parts of that process. So I have been in different coaching spaces and had different group programs and individual coaching and all of that kind of stuff. But if we're going back to the initial growth process and the culmination of a lot of that stuff that I worked out, It was something that was very internal to me and something I think I had to decide to move by myself and everyone else has obviously been supportive from an external perspective. But when we're looking at the kind of integral decisions and showing up and being willing to take the first step and the 50th and the 100th, that kind of, I feel like I'd be doing a disservice if I said it was person X, Y, and Z because you don't need to have person X, Y, and Z. It really comes back to you making that choice and moving.
1: I love that. I love that. And I think like at the end of the day, it's about, yes, you've had coaches, mentors, courses, books, podcasts, like all this stuff outside of you, but it's all come down mm. to you making the choice, you putting yourself in those rooms, you, you taking the action to be there. The second question I wanted to ask around the mindset, what would you say has this is going to be a hard question. What would you say has been the biggest mindset shift that you have had to, had to make or that you have had to really commit to again and again and again?
0: Yeah, so I think if I'm pairing it back to like the biggest mindset shift I made, which probably ties into other questions that you have going up, but I can pinpoint a lot of that is personal life, I would say. Things that happen in my personal life. I feel like I'm very open with certain things online, but there's a lot that I don't share, haven't shared, I've never spoken about. And that's been very intentional, but that's also something that I've had to make the decision that I'm willing to change, which is where a lot of the podcast comes from as well. Um, But I would say, I mean, I've had everyone has different stuff over their life, of course. Obviously, we all have hard things. And I think it's very easy to look at the way that i present my life while i do try and be very open honest transparent and assume that everything is always 100 fine and dandy which to a certain extent in comparison to other people it is but i have also had things that have been really difficult that i've had to navigate uh and i would say that has been a really big catalyst for making that decision uh, in terms of like actually going all in on everything I'd come off the back of like a really hard couple of years which I was sort of also still in but I think I just made the decision I was sick of letting other things impact and dictate when I was and wasn't going to do something and the kind of person that I was going to be and I kind of just got over it and I think there was a day and I was like okay we're done with this we're making this choice and I've never really looked back from that but in like to answer the rest of your question, I think there was two parts. It's something that I feel like I make again and again. I am very committed to the long term game of both everything that I'm trying to do, but also my life. Uh, and I think if you continue to sort of lean into what you want to do and show up, regardless of what that looks like for me, it's really being one percent better every day and putting one step in, like one foot in front of the other. In the direction of where i'm trying to go i'm not trying to instantly change as a person or in my business overnight it's where can this be in five ten years time and how can i sustainably get there and also being okay with not knowing what that's going to look like
1: Mm -hmm. i love that answered perfectly um this might be a quick answer question Mm -hmm. but along your growth like specifically in terms of like your salt and whistle account have you experienced any Judgment, any pushback, any, I guess, negative side of things that you haven't, I guess, feared experiencing, but you have actually experienced?
0: Uh, yeah, a little bit. I guess the way that I summarize this is obviously there's 4,000 different kinds of people out there. Everyone can relate to that in their own life, the people they know, the people they meet, the people they're exposed to. And I think the internet is no different. So, the more you compound that number, the more you get every kind of person there is in the equal proportion and percentage of the way that that moves through the world. So obviously, uh, there's a lot of really lovely people out there, but there's also a lot of people that have a lot of shit to say. I've definitely been abused in DMs before. People comment crap on my stuff all the time. And I think like, if I'm answering your question, there were certain levels of that and times where that did really freak me out or affect me. And it's just been part of the growth process, whether that's, I'm pretty lucky. I haven't really had anything in real life. Like I'm sure people talk about things behind my back. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. That's not really my business, but I haven't had to deal with any of that, which I kind of assumed that I would. Uh, But in the online space, I definitely have. And I think it's just, you get thicker skin as you go through and it kind of, I don't want to say it's normal because obviously doing that kind of thing is not normal, but it becomes something that you're exposed to. So then it's not as freaky the next time and then kind of normalizes from that perspective. But from that lens, I also always think I don't know anyone who would send a message like that or comment something like that. So what kind of person does that in the first place is sort of my mentality around that.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I, I just wish those people, I wish they have more things in their life to worry about than than some of those messages, but that is okay. I'm gonna flip that into a bit of a different vibe. Have you got any mm-hmm. weird or crazy stories or any like weird messages that aren't necessarily like mean or judgmental, but have you got any like weird or crazy things that you have experienced?
0: The backstory of this is uh, it's essential for it to make sense. Uh, but basically if I'm being completely transparent off the back, of what I said before in terms of I had a really hard couple of years so I had a few health issues which was probably more the process than the end result that was quite stressful they couldn't really work out what was going on so I was having a lot of tests and different things which were quite stressful I also had a legal thing going on in the background so that was a bit of a thing it was just coming out of COVID which was obviously pretty messed up for everyone so I was in a pretty like Shitty mental space already, to be honest, in 2020. Before I started doing all of this, I think that was a really big catalyst for where things are now. If I look back on the most defining period in my life, I look back at that and I don't think I've ever been in a worse place, to be completely honest. Uh, And I was already really struggling. And then, as back context for that, um, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I have my stepdad and then my dad when I was younger had a normal relationship with him until I was around 10 and then we had a really strange relationship from there so that was I was probably around 27 about three years ago Uh, and basically it's really funny because I think there's two parts to this I'm quite an intuitive person which I've learned a lot over the last few years but I literally remember the day I was shopping. I don't know if I've told you this story, but I I was shopping in the city and I was standing in line to buy something and my phone started ringing and my sister was calling me. And as soon as she was calling me, I knew exactly why she was calling me, which is so weird. I knew instantly that he'd passed away before I even answered the phone. But I guess if I'm kind of summarizing, going back to the point, I was already in a really bad headspace and it really surprised me. But that was kind of like the thing that tipped me over the edge and i don't think i've ever been through anything as hard as that i feel super lucky for the upbringing that i had my stepdad is pretty much like my dad and i don't take that side of things for granted but i think it's also something that's really hard to navigate you know you have all the standard abandonment rejection sort of issues that come from that and i think the older i've got the more it probably impacted me so I dealt with it pretty, I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing things. So it was a big learning point for me in terms of actually moving through emotions a lot more. But I think when I was a kid, it was a bit easier to sort of put it in a box. And then when this kind of all transpired, it was really like dealing with everything through the lens of someone who can understand everything. And I think the older I got, the more I found that quite complicated and hard. But a large part of it, I think, is also sort of primal innate you don't get a choice but I was really surprised at how much it impacted me and then I had a secondary layer to that which was also really hard in the sense that it was quite an isolating thing to deal with because you've got a lot of trauma from like the backstory and what's gone on but then you are also faced with the fact that a lot of people in your life don't really understand that this is hard for you. Because if you think about that time period, a lot of people that I know didn't know me when there was ever, you know, that relationship there. So they don't have that frame of reference where they understand that this is a hard thing for you to go through. I mean, if I'm finding it surprising, how can you expect someone else to understand that? So I don't like I preface this by saying I do not blame anyone for how. They did or didn't show up in that period because I totally understand you can't expect someone to you know how do you expect someone to show up with no frame of reference of what that feels like or having never experienced anything that's similar or know what to do so I think you can't expect someone to understand something they don't understand so I held no animosity or judgment to any of that but it was almost like a secondary trauma for me because you look at that in the comparison of if this different person passed away, I know that people would show up in X, Y, Z way. And because it's someone that they deem shouldn't like be a problem for me, no one's doing any of that, which reinforces the fact that someone that should have been something that was significant wasn't. So that was sort of like a secondary thing that I navigated, but I think that was without a doubt, the hardest period, not just because of that, but because of everything that comes with that and everything that comes before. Uh, And there's obviously a lot of other things that tie into that that I won't go into because it's not my place to talk about that on a podcast, but there's a lot of complex things to that and that's something that I think it's weird for me to say this in the sense that I think unless you've been through something like that, people won't understand this, but it is – Probably one of the biggest reasons that I am the way that I am, and the most thing, like the biggest thing that I'm grateful for in my life, that whole situation, like even like not having a relationship with him, the whole thing that happened, and then everything from there is by far the best thing that's ever happened to me because it is such a big facet of why I am the way that I am. And I don't say that, obviously, I'm not giving him credit, but it's like I am who I am, not because of it, but almost despite it. So, like, that's a bit more context into where that comes from. And I think it's a really big part of where a lot of my emotional intelligence side of how I write things and sort of what I think comes from a lot of that. But basically, I, tying back to what we were talking on, uh, basically, yeah, I was in a really shit headspace and I was just really struggling. I don't think I was quite I'd been on a little bit of that self-development journey where I'd found some things that I like and some things that I enjoy, but I was in a period where I was just really struggling and nothing that I would normally do was really kind of cut in the mustard in terms of helping things. So I would ordinarily, you know, maybe go for a run or go to the beach or whatever, read a book, but I just like couldn't concentrate. My head was really foggy or the run wouldn't do it. There was just like nothing that worked. And even when it came to something as simple as music, everything that I normally enjoyed to listen to, it just, I don't know if you have had this, but if you like, can't find something that you want to listen to and everything's just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was very much like that. And I have absolutely no idea where it came from, but basically the only song that I could listen to around this time for probably like four weeks was, I believe, from the Honey soundtrack, which is so random and such a throwback. I think I was in like year seven when it came out, but that was the only thing that I listened to for like three or four weeks. I listened to it on repeat and it's just kind of always been that song for me, I suppose, because of listening to it in that period and then how far I've come since then. And basically, long story short, (laughs) a lot of background context in there, but I... Hey. It's needed. The context is needed. (laughs) It doesn't really mean much of that backstory, but yeah, that's where the song came from. And basically, it was probably like 18 months ago now, maybe. I can't remember exactly. A year ago, maybe about 12 months ago. So it was about 18 months after all of this, basically, which was a few years ago now. Uh, But I had come a really long way. Obviously, the account wasn't really far from where it was Uh, mentally, never really been in a better place, I suppose through a lot of the work that I've done but I was at the sauna one night and super random because before this I never would have even gone to the sauna but I was at the sauna one night and to be honest when I do the sauna it's such like self-care activity for me I also literally never have my phone on me when I go in there but for some reason this day I've just been juggling like 5,000 things I had a whole pile of messages I hadn't responded to and I was just thinking I'm not going to be able to relax unless I deal with everything that's on my phone. So for the first five minutes, I'm just going to knock out all these text message replies and then put my phone away so I can actually switch off and not have this mental to-do list. So I had my phone in the sauna and to be perfectly honest, I don't often really see many notifications like unless I know the person and follow them, it's not really something I can see within everyone else. But For some reason, I happened to see that one of my quotes had been posted, so not reshared, like she'd actually put it on her account by Jessica Alba, which for people that are not connecting the dots is just like super weird because out of all the people that have ever done anything, that's by far the most well-known person that has ever posted anything I've done and not even reshared it, actually put it on their page. And she's the same person who played the lead role in Honey, which is the song that I was listening to. So it was just like such a full circle weird moment for me to be like, wow, 18 months ago I was in this really shithead space and I was listening to this song and I never could have imagined that 18 months later this would be what happens. And even now I've never had anyone remotely as famous do anything. So it's just in all the people in the world it seems very strange that it was her. Mm.
1: I love all of that story and I'm so glad that you gave all the backstory and the context because I feel like it just makes it mean so much more but it also shows like through those hard times where we think nothing's working, where we wonder if it's all worth it, like the universe has got your back and like you will get there whether it's 18 months or like 18 years and I know you've said this before, but you never know if that day is going to be today or tomorrow.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think I've said, I re-quote myself, um, you, you never know when the day is that will change everything. But if you quit today, you never get to find out if it's tomorrow. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep.
1: I love it. I love that. Okay, cool. I want to get into some quick fire. hmm Do I have your approval to ask you any question and you're not allowed to overthink the answer?
0: I'm a bit scared by saying yes, but sure.
1: Nothing's too chaotic or scary, don't worry. But just don't overthink them. They're just quick, easy. Some are are less easy, but I just really want you to use your intuitive muscle and just trust what comes up, okay? Okay. Okay. We're going to do a warm-up, though, just so you're not.
0: (laughs) I'm concerned that we need a warm-up, to be honest. But anyway. I think
1: I'm just, like, hyping you out now.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Okay. Favorite food?
0: I just randomly was like Thai, but I don't know if that's accurate.
1: I think that. What's your coffee order?
0: Uh, It's not quick because it depends on what I'm doing because I'm so accident prone. So if I'm seated or getting a takeaway and not walking, then I get a long black. If it is hot, then sometimes I have an iced latte. And if I am walking, then I have a cappuccino.
1: Okay, there is conditions to Emily's coffee orders if anyone ever takes that out for coffee. Are you a person that would prefer to go out for brunch or out for dinner?
0: Probably brunch, but I enjoy both.
1: Okay, cool. And I know the answer to this question, but would you rather be at the beach or in the forest? Beach. What's your favorite season?
0: Summer. Cool. All
1: right, let's get into it. Are you single? Yes. Cool. What is your most embarrassing story?
0: Um, many to choose from, but I would say when I was about 15, I was working in a pub and my first shift, they, for some reason had overbooked the restaurant and which is weird because I worked there for five years. They never did this again. But for some reason on this one day, there was a table upstairs in the function room and someone said, Oh, and can you take some bread upstairs? Sounds pretty easy. But if you've met me, you'll know where this is going. Basically, I went up the stairs. Going too quickly, as always, tripped on the top step, fell flat on my face, and threw bread all over the floor. We
1: yeah.
0: love And they all turned around at the same time, and then I scooped it all back into the bowl and ran downstairs.
1: How old are you?
0: Fifteen. Oh,
1: gosh. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> no, that bad, right? Okay, what is something the – how many people follow
0: you, roughly? Uh, like 60-something 60 60 something thousand. Okay,
1: what is something that the 60-ish thousand people wouldn't know about you?
0: Oh, I'm like a lot, and I've got three siblings. Um, either the eldest, or in the middle? I am in the middle-ish, but there's a bit of an age gap, so I'm kind of like a weird hybrid of like the middle, but also sort of a bit of the oldest. <laughs> but I relate a lot to being the middle child, though. I'm middle
1: child too. What is your favorite quote that isn't
0: yours? I feel like I quite like the one. Whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. If you could have dinner with
1: anyone, dead or alive, who would it be?
0: Mm, that is tough. There's so many people I'm sure would be so interesting. I'm not really someone who is, like, obsessed with, I don't know, celebrities or, like, well-known people or anything, so I don't have an automatic answer mainly because I think this is showing a lot about me without me even answering mainly because I think there's so much I haven't read and listened to and can learn from stuff I already have access to it's hard for me to say oh I want to sit down with this person because I feel like there's so much on my to-do list before I would get to that point all right if you think of
1: someone share it on your Instagram and yeah. tell everyone that this is a question yeah for yeah the <laughs> um okay what is the biggest lesson that you have learned recently as in in the last few days or few weeks
0: Um, tricky I feel like I learn a lot all the time uh an interesting one which I think is semi a little bit controversial almost I think there's a really big narrative around I actually spoke to you about this the other week but I think there's a really big narrative around when you're on a self-development journey or you're trying to like reach a goal or start a business or do whatever uh, around leaving behind your life and everyone in it as you know it and that being sort of the price of admission of what you want and how you have to strip everyone you know back and replace them all with people that are doing exactly the same thing as you And while I think it's very helpful to have people that are on the same lane, in the same path, and I'm very fortunate that I do also have that as well, Uh, and I think that's important because it normalises what you're trying to do and you have people that understand the hurdles and the doubt and the experiences that you're having and that's a really important facet to getting anywhere. I also don't know that I believe that you need to cut everyone off from your life either. I am really someone, I have a lot of different friends, that sort of are good for different things. And I think that's okay. And I think there's also a lot to be said. A lot of people shame keeping connections in your life. But in a way, I think I've learned you kind of almost need to give people that have been through the whole process with you and supported you throughout that and stayed friends with you through your evolution while you have changed. It's not even so much, you know, oh, you've changed. Like, well, you have that almost deserves more credit than i think most people give it and that's been something that i feel like i've really learned in the last six months but also in the last couple weeks yeah
1: i love and yeah i agree you can learn something from absolutely anyone um perfect now i don't like the answer to this question but what is your favorite favorite music genre
0: Oh, well, country probably, but I also like pop. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm mainstream, but then I also like country. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, favourite book, one to two.
0: Uh, my favourite book is a bit random. I don't know if you've read it, Any Ordinary Day by Lee Sales. I haven't, I'll add it to my list. Um, so I don't actually follow her actual work. She's like a journalist, which well, I think she's retired now, but she works for ABC, yeah, uh, which yeah, is why it's a bit random. You have to yeah. about this, this is great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but basically, I'll probably get the synopsis a bit wrong, but it's almost about how uh, every day that your life changes or the last day of your life or when you're in some crazy traumatic experience or whatever it may be, starts off as any ordinary day. And basically, she interviews different people it's Australian based so all people who have been involved in really crazy traumatic situations so for example the only one that I was familiar with prior to reading the book was a lint Cafe Siege because I'm too young to have experienced the rest of them but I also gifted it to my grandma and she knew all of them but basically she interviews them about the day that was kind of chaotic and changed everything and whether, you know, they woke up and they knew that it was going to be any different. Like the day we die or almost died, we have this inkling in terms of the Lint Cafe, for example, um, for those that don't know, it was like a hostage situation in a Lint Cafe, there would have been people that had only just walked through the door and then the door closed and then there was also people that were on the outside who went to walk in and the door was locked and what makes you someone who's on the inside versus someone on the outside and are you you know constantly looking at those situations and saying i'm so unlucky to have experienced this or do you look at it and say i'm so lucky to have survived this so it was really like mindset and these people that have been in these situations or have had loved ones who have passed away in these crazy like situations what's their mindset on things do they think they're unlucky do they think they're lucky and kind of it's like the mindset side of things in that lens but then it's also a little bit about chance so what's the chances of you being this person and it might be like 0.006 percent but someone is still that statistic it was just like fascinating sort of aligns with my approach to life in a way I suppose but a very thought-provoking book and yeah, I've never really read anything that has fascinated me but also resonated with me as much as that.
1: Mm, epic. Go read it, guys. Okay, what is one thing that grinds your gears? And if it's petty, we welcome pettiness. What is just one thing that frustrates you?
0: Ooh, I'm like, this is so hard. I feel like there's probably a lot. Um, This is just something that popped to mind, but... I feel like I'm someone who just like gets in and gets shit done and it really frustrates me when people don't I don't understand how some people get anything done yeah I just I feel like I was just kind of raised that way you just get in you find a solution and it's not so much about what's happening it's like what are we going to do and how are we going to fix it so I get really frustrated when people are not like that
1: yeah okay cool what's one thing that you wish more people knew
0: two things I would say their potential but also what their life could look like
1: okay what would you say your biggest flex is
0: um I'm going with intuitively because that's what you said I feel like I'm really good at juggling a lot of things Mm -hmm. cool like I don't really get overwhelmed I do but like I get things done and I can do like 5,000 different things at once. While and people one. constantly tell, ta- yeah, but people constantly say like, oh, I couldn't do that or I don't know how you're doing that or how are you juggling, whatever. I feel like I'm quite good at staying somewhat grounded and getting things done in chaos.
1: Yeah, cool. Um, so lots of people obviously love to follow you.
0: Who do you mm-hmm. love to follow? Oh, that's a good one. I feel like I go through seasons depending on where I'm into at the time a lot of it would be like kind of I was gonna say high ticket I don't think that's the right word but you know I like Mel Robbins, Ed Milet, Stephen Bartlett mainly follow self-development kind of people um, to be honest yeah they'd be the top three that top mind.
1: Perfect. And I was going to ask you would you rather questions, but none of them were vibing except I wanted to ask your perspective on this one. Would you rather see 10 minutes into the future or 100 years into the future?
0: Mm. I'm assuming in 100 years I'm dead. That's the only thing that's playing with me here. Yes, but what if you could see? I still think I'd go that way
1: hundred years?
0: Well, is it like I can always see 10 minutes into the future or right now I get 10 minutes or 100 years?
1: See, this is why I don't like Would You Rather because there's so many different like questions and nuances to it and I don't know the answer to that.
0: So I still feel like I'd pick 100 years irrespective of it because I kind of like learning. If someone told me I could see a whole movie of my whole life, I wouldn't watch it.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I feel like 10 minutes is almost a little bit like you've got too much choice to change things and then by the end of it you just – yeah
0: Yeah. and I'm a big believer that we do everything for a reason so yeah yeah yeah. cool
1: okay that is the all the get to know you questions but let's just quickly touch on one why why does Emily have a podcast and then Mm -hmm. two what is to come like where to from now
0: yep so I guess there was two components to this the first is obviously you guys get A lot from writing or working with me but it's such a small snippet and I feel like the podcast gives so much more breadth and depth to all of that and I also wanted to be a little bit more open in terms of like I feel like I have a lot more to give than what Instagram gives me capacity for is basically the summary of that so that's kind of how that came about Uh, and then I think also it is sort of just creating what I needed what I would want to listen to Um, and I think there's a really big gap in terms of the podcast. I'm kind of matching the two together, but there's going to be several different components to it. So there will be individual episodes where I'll be teaching and talking on different topics and just like sharing my perspective on things. But then there will also be shorter, more bite size. You don't even know any of this motivational, uh, <laughs> inspirational sort of like snippets. So they are called sunny side up so basically there'll be like sunny side up episodes which will be you know the boost that you need you might be driving in the car you might be walking you might be having a bit of a crappy day maybe you know that you want to do something and you just want someone in your corner kind of cheerleading you on that's sort of the premise for that and then the episodes with me will be more on different topics so we might be talking about you know comfort zones or confidence or Your morning routine or anything like that Uh, and then i will also be having guests on but i want to do that in a different way i think i listen to a lot of podcasts and there is some incredible episodes out there but there's also a lot of people that are on the same podcast and do the same kind of episode 15 times and everyone asks a lot of people the same kind of questions and i want to do that differently i think there's so much we can learn from people that maybe haven't had the platform and the exposure and just having really honest conversations, I think people glamorize and we speak a lot to the sort of like hero journey in terms of like how things changed for people or when their business took off or how they did X, Y, Z. But a lot of people gloss over, you know, what did it feel like when it wasn't working? Where did the idea come from for you to do that? How did you have the confidence to follow the thing that you wanted to do and really give you that tangible sort of tools and insight To where you're probably at at the moment, it's all well and good to listen to someone who's, you know, built a $10 million business, but if we're only talking about that in the frame of when everything changed for them to when they made their $10 million, how does that help someone who's two years behind where the conversation starts and needs that sort of real everyday human perspective of what they can implement in their life? So having those really interesting eye-opening conversations, different perspectives, I really want to have... Conversations that sort of also expose you if you don't have people in your life to have those growth, just interesting conversations with. I want this podcast to be a platform for you to listen to that. I didn't have that for like many years, period, in my life. And I just know how much it would help to have exposure to those conversations. So, to a certain extent, it's really interesting guests and that sort of thing. But then I also want to have really normal conversations that I would have with my friends over coffee, which some people just don't get the opportunity to. So that's sort of the plan for that. I am, um, as with everything, I expect it to evolve, but I really just want it to give people the tools and the insight and the inspiration to sort of step into the life that they can lead and do so with confidence and conviction and the belief that they deserve it as well.
1: Beautiful. I love that. I love it. And is there anything else that um, is coming for Salt and Whistle in the near future that you want to divulge, or is there things happening behind the scenes?
0: A little bit behind the scenes. I, was like, I feel like you know this and you're like, I do, but I know you. I'm like, are we bold enough to. I want to do it properly, so I'm not going to announce it now, but I am working on something else, which will definitely be after this is released, uh, which is. I mean the podcast is a pretty huge project but this is without a doubt way bigger than that just in terms of I have no idea what I'm doing which I think I'm perfectly happy to say because I think it's evidence I know you guys will see this when I have finished it and you produce it and it's like oh yeah that's cool but I also want to normalize the fact that I have been scared the whole time I've been doing this I'm not talking about it to a certain extent because I want to make sure it works before I announce it because there's that much of a hurdle to me but It's one of those things that will be so much easier for me to say, oh, that's really hard. I don't know how to do that. So I'm not going to do it. And I think that for me is the biggest reason why I'm doing it. Yes, I hope you guys love it. And I know it's going to bring so much more to your everyday than things I can currently, if I'm being a bit vague and summarizing. But I'm so excited about what the project will be and what it can mean for you all and kind of how much broader it is than everything else that i've done to date but i also am excited about it because it is evidence to every single person that comes after me that you can have an idea for something and not know how to implement it but if you take one step at a time you can do that as well i think it's really normalized anyone everywhere anywhere who has done anything or has any kind of business or any kind of product or any kind of project or thing they didn't know what they were doing at one point either and it's really me sort of also navigating that process uh, in real time.
1: Beautiful. There's a little clue in there, guys, but stay tuned. One more question before I hand it back to you. What would you say your anchor word is for this season of life? Is there one word that you're really just anchoring into?
0: Freedom was it. Uh, I feel like I'm kind of changing it a little bit, which is weird. I haven't thought about it you said that. Freedom was definitely my intention for the last two years. But as you said that, and I'm just going intuitively here, I feel like if I was picking a new word, I would almost say conviction because, especially the last six months, I've really just kind of grounded back into like, what do I want? What do I want to create? And I've almost stepped back from everything to just intuitively say, like, create what feels good and what I feel like is aligned and what people will enjoy. And there's literally no other intention with anything I'm doing at the moment. It's, purely about what feels good what do i think is going to serve people how can i impact the most people and just following that and standing in conviction of who i am and what i want to do and what i believe in i suppose
1: beautiful well thanks so much for having me ask you all these questions and hopefully your audience now know a little bit more about you um and i can't wait for all the podcast episodes to come and i'm going to hand it back to you em (laughs)
0: thank you i feel like that was perfect because you know so many different facets of me and so many of i didn't know any of them as i said at the start so challenge me with a few but hopefully you guys got a little bit more of an insight into who i am and what i'm about and we will have you back on if you come on as yourself rather than my host
1: i would love that (laughs)
0: You can find me on Instagram at saltandwhistle and And do you want to give them your Insta handle as well? Well, Sure, you can find me
1: at abbystanderson.millera on Insta as well.
0: Perfect, I'll pop that in the show notes and I will see you guys in the next Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dare to Thrive podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe and consider leaving us a review. It truly does support me and the podcast so much. And if you want to follow along on socials, you can find us over on Instagram at Dare to Thrive Podcast and at Salt and Whistle. Now go out there and live your wildest dreams and I'll see you back here, same place, same time next week.